Welcome to the Eat Like an Italian podcast, where we will discuss the rationale, benefits, and practical application of the Mediterranean diet. We will explain how to maintain healthy eating habits without actually dieting, while at the same time enjoying some of the best cuisine on the planet. The centuries-old food traditions found in Italy still provide the most accurate template for a long and active life in the 21st century. We'll dive into the what of these practices, but we'll also unpack the why, so that we can better understand the direct links between lifestyle choices and overall well-being. Join us in the kitchen and at the table for a generous helping of delicious food. Here's to your health. Ciao. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, I want to talk about something that's been on my mind recently. In fact, I wrote an article on my blog, Eat Like an Italian, that uh, that sort of addresses this issue. The, the blog post is called Breakfast for the Mediterranean Diet, and um, I talked about what is a good breakfast for Mediterranean diet followers. And, you know, people ask me all the time, well, you know, what should I eat if I'm on the Mediterranean diet for breakfast? Uh, you know, there's all kinds of things out there that are, you know, eggs Florentine or a Greek omelet or all this stuff. I mean, the fact is that what passes for Mediterranean food outside of the Mediterranean is not the same thing as what people actually eat in those countries. So let's dig into this a little bit, a little bit further. Um, you know, when it comes to breakfast or brunch or, you know, whatever, I mean, a lot of times Americans are told you should have a very, you know, substantial breakfast. It's the most important meal of the day. Uh, your breakfast is going to power you through the day and, and this and that. Instead, it's actually the opposite in Mediterranean countries. They eat very little or sometimes no breakfast. Often they skip breakfast. They just have a cup of coffee or a cappuccino. And, um, you know, maybe about 1030 or so, they'll have something light. And then they'll have a, a, you know, a good lunch. But in the meantime, breakfast is something that they don't really eat. Um, they don't really sit down and eat it early. They don't like make a big deal of it. Uh, even on the weekends, you don't, you don't hear about brunch. I mean, here in the U.S., we have these brunch buffets with, you know, all you can eat. It's like $38 and you have a bottomless bellinis and all this. And so, I mean, this is very unhealthy, of course, you know, we know that. And, and it's, completely inconsistent of what they actually do in the Mediterranean countries. I mean, first of all, the, the sheer volume of food uh, at that hour is, is something that, you know, a person in Italy would never eat. Uh, you just want maybe a couple breakfast cookies. And I talk about this on my blog. I mean, uh, we think about cookies for breakfast. It sounds like it's, you know, almost a bad thing. But in fact, the cookies they make in Italy for breakfast are, are designed for breakfast. They have very little sugar um, and they're very simple. And they're just a little, you know, a little nudge, a little calorie nudge to start your day along with your espresso. So, you know, breakfast isn't supposed to be something that you that you overdo. In fact, if you if you do too much breakfast, basically, you know, you're going to get sleepy and go back to bed. I mean, instead, you keep the coffee going and you have a little something and you, you wait till have a nice lunch. Um, so these all you can eat brunch buffets, they're, they're just sort of wrong from the very conception of them bottomless bellini i mean a bellini is is what it's prosecco with i think white peach nectar or something and it's supposed to be sipped i mean it was a, a drink that you know you sip for you know a five or six ounce drink you sip for an hour and instead you know you go to brunch and you're in 45 minutes you've had five of them and, and along with way too much food and, and so this is not really 
a Mediterranean thing. We see this even at, you know, Italian restaurants in the U.S. where they, they have these huge brunches because it's a great money maker. I mean, these all you can eat. I mean, it seems like they're losing money, but in fact, they're, they're making a lot of money on those. So that's their motivation. Um, you know, the Mediterranean diet, people say, well, you know, um, it's hard to follow. Well, it's not. I mean, it is hard to follow in, in a lot of ways, but it is it's very simple. I mean, it's simple, but not easy. So, you know, you, you can't just like, you know, I saw something where someone says, OK, throw a bunch of fruit in the blender and make a smoothie and that's your breakfast well i mean you can and there's nothing wrong with that per se but that kind of goes against the mediterranean way of eating where you take time to appreciate your food you wouldn't just throw it in a blender indiscriminately and you know make a big frappe out of it i mean you, you eat the fruit i mean you can make a, a fruit juice or something but um it's it's not the right mindset to say, okay, how can I make this quick and easy? How can I make a five minute breakfast, throw everything in a blender, you know, chop it up and drink it and go. I mean, that's just, that's just sort of the wrong mindset. It's not that the, the food or the, the smoothie is unhealthy. It's that you're, you're, you're kind of approaching it from the wrong way. So, um, that's, that's a really big point in the whole Mediterranean diet. You, know, you slow down, you chop up your fruit, you eat it, you know, you have a little, water coffee whatever and you move on with your day you don't you don't just throw everything in a blender and take it to go so the other thing that this sort of brought me uh to was this idea of the way italian food or mediterranean food uh is bastardized and outside of italy or, or the mediterranean so i mean you see these uh italian quote-unquote italian restaurants uh that have like you know chicken parmesan, spaghetti and meatballs. I mean, dishes that you'd never see in Italy, chicken Alfredo, uh, just does not exist in Italy. And people even go to Italy and they're disappointed when they don't find these things. But when you break it down, and you, if you think about, okay, in the Mediterranean countries, what's the best, simplest, purest way to enjoy a food? And that's, you know, without doing too much to it. So if you had, you know, just some awesome vegetables uh you you just you cook them simply or you even eat them raw and a little salt and olive oil you don't try to make a fancy salad and a lot of dressing and you know mix it all up with other ingredients you try to keep it as simple as possible so yeah um i would say outside of italy there are three types of quote-unquote italian food um, extremely rare is the actual authentic cuisine that you know is imported from italy um, you might find this in New York City or San Francisco or something not found in the suburbs of the U.S. at all. But, you know, in the, in the big cities, you, you might find some authentic Italian chefs who have stayed true to the recipes and the, and the ingredients and the cuisine. And they really bring the best of Italy to our country in the U.S. or Canada or Australia or England or wherever you are. Um, but then, you know, there's a second level of like, you know, in the U.S. we have Italian-American food, which, you know, there's, there is some authenticity to that. So like chicken parmesan, for example, um, it's not something you'd find in Italy. It's not an Italian dish. It's an Italian-American dish. But, I mean, you can see where it came from. So the parmesan recipe in Italy is eggplant parmesan. And um, probably when the first generation got, got here from, you know, arrived to the U.S. from Italy, they said, well, we can't find good eggplant here. Americans apparently don't eat eggplant. So, but they have a lot of chicken. It's fairly cheap. We couldn't afford chicken in the old country. So let's take the 
the Parmigiano recipe and make it with chicken instead of eggplant. So that's sort of a natural evolution of it, and you can appreciate that. But, you know, the, the, the stranger things are when these totally invented dishes like, you know, chicken Florentine. So I don't know what this is, like chicken with spinach and some kind of sauce and cheese. And, you know, I, they don't eat this in Florence. They don't eat chicken in Florence. My God. I mean, chicken Florentine is 100% made up. Uh, you know, then you see things like shrimp scampi. I don't really know what that is, uh, but I know that the word in Italian for shrimp is scampi. So shrimp scampi seems redundant. doesn't really tell you what that is. I, I don't know what that is. Um, but you see these all the time, like Tuscan salad or, you know, Sicilian omelet. I mean, they, I mean, these are complete marketing tools that, you know, don't represent anything that exists in Italy. So you should probably... They, I mean, you can eat them if you like them, obviously, but they don't don't pretend that they're Italian because they're the farthest thing from it. In fact, Italians are offended by this. Um, you know, one of the most popular articles on my Eat Like an Italian blog, you know, is salad in Italy, how to eat a salad in Italy, Italian salad. And I think people are looking for a recipe for quote unquote Italian salad. And if they read my article, they're probably very disappointed because what I say in the article is that you know, salad in Italy is basically just lettuce with salt and olive oil. I mean, um, the word insalata is near, nearly synonymous with lattuga, which is lettuce. And so, you know, people are looking for some sort of recipe for Italian salad. It, it's just, they, they just don't have it. I mean, you know, you take the um, the salad, which is the lettuce, or if you have arugula or, you know, whatever kind of greens that you have and those are eaten by themselves raw you know with a little salt and olive oil and that's it there's no dressing on it or cheese or you know you really even balsamic vinegar i mean they don't do that very often um maybe in certain parts of italy like in around modena they might do that I, I don't know probably not they they respect the the balsamico too much to just indiscriminately throw it on a on a salad but um this is important because, you know, people think, oh, I'm eating healthy, I'm eating Mediterranean, I'm eating Italian, uh, because it has this Italian name or this Italian sounding uh, recipe to it, but it's really not. It's just something that was made up uh, for marketing purposes, and, and that's all. So my point of all this is, you know, if, you, if, if you're interested in eating healthy, eating a Mediterranean diet, um, and, and doing that for health purposes, for lifestyle purposes, you need to look beyond the marketing messages and the invented recipes that are there just to, you know, lure you into a restaurant or make it seem more appealing to your American palate. You should just, you know, trust the chef, trust the recipe, trust the traditions of the Mediterranean table and order and, and, and try whatever they have. Now, I understand that this is a, a leap of faith because outside of Italy, often the ingredients aren't what they should be. So, uh, plain lettuce with salt and olive oil in Italy can actually be delicious. It has a very complex, unique flavor, and, you know, it's it's great. But you buy the industrial lettuce in the U.S., and you don't put anything on it besides lettuce, besides uh, salt and olive oil, you know, you might be disappointed. You're like, what is this? I mean, I, I can't eat this. And, and so I understand that. But that's the essence of the Mediterranean diet. You keep it as simple as possible, minimal ingredients, minimal condiments and and try to let the ingredients shine through and let them you know buy the you know spend more money on the quality organic locally sourced ingredients perhaps buy less of it perhaps you know 
make a conscious effort not to buy too much so you wind up throwing some of it away and you're, you're going to spend more money on the ingredients but i think overall you may spend less money especially when you start you know paying attention to portion size and and frequency of how often you eat and uh this goes back a little bit to my previous discussion about intermittent fasting i mean i, I don't mean to say people need to fast but we also don't need to eat five times a day we don't need to eat you know three big meals a day plus two you know healthy snacks you know two meals a day is enough plus a little something for breakfast you know mid-morning i mean if you do that alone you've, you've gone a long way to mimicking the mediterranean diet and also you know promoting your own personal healthy lifestyle so let's give that a try and thank you for listening to the podcast and uh, we'll talk again soon ciao Well, that's it for today's episode. Come back next time for another generous helping of straight talk about the benefits of a Mediterranean diet. And find us on our website at eatlikeanitalian.com. Ciao.